Grace to you and peace from the God who is our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We consider together the words of the prophet Isaiah in our lesson from chapter 40. The story is told of a community of talking geese. They would gather together on the first day of every week. There was a wild goose who had landed in the barnyard. And that goose would address them on the wonders of flight. The amazing things that he had seen on his migrations. And he would describe to them how that was their creator's intention for them, that they would be able to to soar above the earth and get to the place where they were truly meant to live. And the audience was very appreciative. And then they would waddle off to the the food trough, and along the way they would talk about the stories of some foolish goose who had, had dared to actually undertake flight and of the sad things that had happened. Wonderful idea to be able to soar, but just too risky. Well, does that describe us? We gather together. We hear about our Creator's design and intention for us that that we should, should soar. And we like the idea. It's fun to think about. But then we get back to life, and suddenly these lofty ideas seem, well, more than just a little bit risky. So we know what we're meant for. But the question we need to ask ourselves is, Will we soar? Will I soar? Can I say that I am? Will you soar? I think it might be helpful to ask the question, will we soar together as a a group of people? Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? Jacob and Israel, originally that's one person who carried two different names. And then, of course, here it's a name for an entire nation, Jacob and Israel, named after that son of Isaac. And what we know about Jacob and Israel is that they had a long history of complaining. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? In other words, the Lord is not aware of the path, the difficult, challenging, painful path he has set me on. He doesn't see what I'm going through or what I have 
lying ahead of me. My way is hidden from the Lord. My, my cause is disregarded by my God. I'm not getting justice in dealing with people who have hurt me or done damage to me. The Lord doesn't know, or if he does know, he doesn't care. I'm on my own. We, together, we are on our own. Now, such words are the enemy of hope. They destroy hope. To hope in the Lord is literally to wait for the Lord. And these complaints are basically saying it's not worth waiting. He's not going to act. He's not going to deliver. If he knows, he doesn't care. Don't bother waiting. The Israelites had a long history of complaining about that situation, and their long history was a sad history of them relying on other gods and other nations, hoping that they would fulfill that role of taking care of them. And ultimately, to confront that rebellion, the Lord removed them from the promised land. And so they found themselves in captivity in Babylon, and it would seem like they had a just basis for their complaints. Jerusalem had been destroyed. The temple itself, the reminder of God's presence with him, that was in ruins too. It seemed like their complaints were justified. Isaiah speaks for the Lord, and what he does for them is he reminds them that there are certain spiritual realities that cannot change. They cannot change because they rest in the character of the unchanging God. The God whose name says, I am that I am. I exist. I'm absolutely independent. I don't depend on anything or anyone else. I am. And I continue to be what I have promised to be. So the answer to our complaints is to recognize that that eternal God has not ceased to exist. That almighty creator has not lost any of his power nor any of his understanding of the world he called into being, the world that he continues to sustain by his creative word. He hasn't run into anything that's beyond his knowledge or his control. So there is never a time when that eternal one will somehow become weary. And there will never be a moment where you are beyond his reach or his care.
with that reality, then there is nothing sadder than if we turn away from hope in him and look for something else to carry us through life. When we're weary in life, there are different things that we might look to. There's the commercials that promised Red Bull will give you wings. And maybe we look to things like that to give us that extra boost to deal with, with today and then have to deal with the bounce back that Red Bull will give us wings. If we look at and consider the kind of things we may tend to rely on in our dealings with people or the challenges of life, the reality may be more like, have you seen those videos of Red Bull Flugtag? Where fans of Red Bull come together and they have built these, these airplanes. Cartoonish creations. And then they push them off of that platform and more often than not that airplane that they were going to rely on to soar that pilot drops like a rock into, into the water. So it is with the things that we tend to rely on thinking they're really going to carry us above all, all the problems and the obstacles. And we don't realize how flawed that theory really is that we, we crash and we burn. But our Lord, as Isaiah reminds us, he will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. Now, we might say the comfort hasn't quite come into the picture yet. If you're tired and I say to you, but hey, I never get tired. If you're confused and overwhelmed by a situation, I say to you, I never get baffled. I never get confused. There's, there's nothing comforting there. The comfort here is that, that gracious thing the Lord says to those who have complained and grumbled. He reveals himself as a God who gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That's not just a problem for the old or the aging, as Isaiah acknowledges, saying even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. The young among us carry heavy burdens, and it often shows in the way they behave. Dealing with challenges that, at least in my youth, I never understood other carried. Learning disabilities, dysfunctional homes, and so on. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Now, to hope is to wait, but it's not to wait without a reason. We'll often hear people in our culture talk highly about the concept of, of faith or hope as though those are kind of, it's an isolated mental activity that if you establish this attitude, then everything is 
going to go well. They talk about football teams playing with confidence, which is really a mistake if the talent and the scheme and whatever else isn't right. To hope is not to wait without a reason. To hope is to wait for the Lord who has given us his word, who has made promises to us, and he is faithful to all he has promised. When you see an eagle soaring in the sky, Just how does that happen? What makes that possible? To be going upward without even flapping its wings. That happens because of an energy that we can't see, the energy of warm air rising. So an eagle soars using energy that comes from outside itself. And when God's people soar, when we see God's people handling heartache and difficulty and disabilities and challenges, it also becomes apparent that they are relying on a strength that comes from outside themselves. We in ourselves are weak, which is to be a demonstration of the all-surpassing power which comes from God and not from us. Now, what gives us the right to expect that God is going to give strength to us? What gets us past the fear of those situations where it is as though we are looking off from a dizzying height, a sheer drop off of a cliff? Well, we know the one who was wearied by caring, by the burden of preaching and teaching, praying and healing, but who continued to care, who knew the weight of being denied and betrayed, but still cared. You know the one who fell, who collapsed under the weight of a wooden cross and who died under the weight of the burden of the guilt of the whole world. You know how much he who died for you wants you to live. And so we hope. We expect good things from him who died and by dying conquered death to bring us life. That's how we know that the Lord intends to share his strength with us. I think at some point in in my youth, I got the idea that the commandments were kind of like an obstacle course. God giving rules like obey your parents and so on to make your life difficult and to by that see just how much you, you loved and respected him. And so remember the Sabbath day could kind of fall into that same category. Here's another rule to keep. Well, what was the Sabbath day? Sabbath day is a day of rest. I was asked confirmation classes to put together a list for me of, of symptoms that there was somebody who needed rest. 
and beyond yawning and maybe the bags under eyes. The list would include, end up including some things that were particularly useful, I thought. When somebody's tired, you see them maybe bumping into other people. You see them tripping over things. You see them challenged, being overwhelmed by situations. You see that they, they can't think clearly. You see somebody who's crabby and irritable. Apart from the yawning and the bags under the eyes, that pretty much also a list of symptoms that somebody is spiritually weary. When we see that in ourselves, we should understand we need to get deeper into the Word and to wait for the Lord to work through that Word. He says, remember the Sabbath day because He wants us to enjoy rest. He wants to enable us to soar. Why do we wait for the Lord? Because it's a rule? No, it's because we long to, to see him. It doesn't mean that you and I won't stumble and fall. Even young people do that. Not to say we won't get worried by life. Sometimes we're worried by the consequences of our own sin, by the burden of the guilt that we won't, can't seem to let go of. Sometimes we're worried by the sins of other people around us and by the consequences of, of sin that make our bodies tired and, and worn out. But we're not left without a solution. Our Savior spoke to us through the prophet Isaiah. He said, The Sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. Look to him. Wait for him. Encourage others not to give up on him, but to, to wait for him. And then, most certainly, what will happen is that we will soar. Amen.